Welcome to the Jambos Podcast. I'm Michael Schwimmer, and today we have a very special show for our listeners. A little special edition. We're joined by, as always, co-host Mr. Robbie Castro. How are you guys doing today? I'm fired up. And, and also, we brought in our college basketball expert, rulebook Rob Sawyer. Hey, how's it going? All right, all right. Let's get this show on the road. Today, we are going to uh, help explain to the listeners how to fill out brackets, depending if you're in a big league, small league. We're actually going to go over our own Jambos podcast bracket for the ESPN Tournament Challenge. Uh Getting going on some game theory, I think there's no better man to explain it than Rulebook Rob. Rulebook Rob, you want to give the people uh, some strategy tips? Sure. So we're going to start off kind of how, how we're going to approach this problem. So what we first do is we have a model that we use to generate all possible matchups to get projected spreads and probabilities for teams that are, that could possibly play in the bracket. So, but it's a how really many, how, many, to how many matchups is that, Rob? So there's about 2,270 when you include the first four games as being potentially uh, included in those matchups. So what's important to note here is that the maximum likelihood bracket, so like what we think is most likely to happen, is not going to be the best bracket. Because when you're in a large pool, you really need to have things that the public doesn't have. Because if everyone has something and you have it too, uh, and that thing happens, then, then no one really moves up relative to the pool. So if you're in these larger brackets, you need to have plays that not everyone else has, but are still likely to hit. So this is kind of how we're going to approach this, is comparing our model-based probabilities, which are you know unaffected by human bias, to the public pick percentages. But the key here is you really need to find that, that balance between model probability and public percentage. So you kind of want to fade the public, like do things the public isn't doing, but still things that are going to be likely enough to happen that give you a good shot to to still finish high in that pool. So under the standard ESPN scoring, though, each round is going to be subsequently worth more. So what that means is you kind of need to change this balance as you move through the tournament. So as you go into these later rounds, you actually should start being a little bit more conservative, start going with a little bit more based on what's most likely to happen than trying to fade the public. So as you tell, it's a little bit more of an art than a science um, in terms of you know how you actually make those final bracket picks, but we're going to talk a little bit today about how to approach a large bracket pool. You know, trying to find that balance between these two uh, conflicting probabilities, and really kind of simplifying that a little bit. Um, Rob, that was a great explanation. But to make it really simple, if if the public thinks, using an extreme example, one hundred percent of the public thinks Duke uh, should win the national championship, and there's a million people in the bracket you should definitely not have Duke to win it all because that therefore if they don't win you you win the championship 32 points and if not then everyone else wins it wins it from Duke uh, again that's just more of an extreme example well, let's let's not waste any time let's dig right into the bracket we're going to start at the east region um, we're going to start top to bottom east Duke uh, we all have Duke winning uh, the first round game uh, versus the winner of the North Dakota State North Carolina Central Next game, VCU-UCF. This game is pretty interesting. We are capping this game as if Marcus Evans is out. Um, and the general public, Robbie, what are the general public numbers on this game? So UCF is 53.9% to advance. And we think that, and we think they have about a 60% chance to advance. So we're going to take UCF in that game. Um, moving down to Mississippi State-Liberty, the 5-12 matchup there. What, uh, Robbie, what, what is the public on there? So Mississippi State is 75% to advance. 
And this is an interesting one. Rob, do you want to kind of explain this a little bit? We have Mississippi State being, I believe, a four- or five-point favorite in this game. It might be less than a 75% chance, but we're still taking Mississippi State. Do you want to explain why? So this is an this is an interesting matchup here because essentially what we have is one of these 5-12 matchups. And historically, what we've seen is that these 5-12 matchups happen more often than we think. So as you move from a 4-13 to a 5-12, if you look at the historic win probabilities of these seed matchups, there's, there's a larger win probability drop than you'd expect from just a one seed difference. So what we really need to think about, though, is, is why does this difference exist? So the 12 seeds are interesting because it's typically the place where the last at-large teams are in and when you start to see the the rest of the automatic bid teams. So just as a quick refresher, a lot of these small conference schools get into the tournament by winning their conference tournament. So that's what we call an automatic bid where the at-large teams are selected by the committee as sort of the best of the rest. Uh, so. What's interesting to note, though, is these at-large teams are typically higher-quality teams. If you go back to 2002, uh, since Ken Palm has been doing his rankings, at-large 12 seeds typically are 45.4 in his Ken Palm rank, whereas auto-bid 12 seeds are 59.6. So you can see there's a clear quality gap between these at-large 12 seeds and these auto-bid 12 seeds. Now, why does that matter? So since the advent of the first four, so the first four is when we have these playing games where four teams will play to, to get into the last two spots and four teams will play to get into the last two at-large spots. But since the advent of that in 2011, only 12.5% of 12 seeds have been uh, from that at-large pool, including zero since 2015 and zero in this tournament this year. Whereas from 2002 to 2011, so before the advent of the first four, 41.7% of those 12 seeds were at-large bids. So, okay, so you're, now you're asking, so what? Why does this matter? So in this case, this Mississippi State Liberty game is one of those games where historically people would probably think, oh, 12-5, you know, this is a pretty good chance to to pick a good upset. But uh, this Liberty team is one of those automatic bid teams where we think that the quality of this Liberty team is actually lower than 12 seeds in the past have been. So th this is actually might not be a great place to try to choose one of those 12-5 upsets. Very well said, Rob. All right, let's move down to the next game, Virginia Tech-St. Louis. We're all over Virginia Tech here. This is one of the teams that we think is underrated in the tournament with Justin Robinson coming back. Um, obviously, Kerry Blackshear. Yeah, yeah, Justin Robinson back is, gives them a huge spark, huge lift. Um, the team tendency, they play better. They shoot the ball wet, wet better with Justin, with, with Robinson in the lineup. Um, but go ahead. I, I do like Tech in this game. Um, St. Louis does play that half-court style, which I think Tech can combat. And te Tech likes that style. It's right. a really good stylistic matchup. All right, moving down to Maryland versus the winner of Belmont and Temple. Um, this is another interesting one where a lot of people are taking the winner of Belmont-Temple. We like Maryland to advance here um, versus the versus the 11 seed. But more importantly than that, we're going to the biggest spot in this bracket, number three LSU, number 14 Yale. We believe LSU is the most overrated team in this bracket. This is where big pool, small pool, doesn't matter. you got to fade LSU here according to our model. We actually think Yale has a 34% chance to win this game. We are taking Yale uh, to advance the next round, mainly because even though they, we think they only have a 34% chance, Robbie, what is the public on LSU winning this game? LSU is 84.5% to advance. 84.5%. So this Fade, is, fade, fade. So this was what Rob was talking about earlier, a little bit of zig there. A little bit of a zig. We're taking Yale, um, again, over LSU. Now, Louisville, Minnesota. 
Um, we're actually taking Minnesota to advance here. We think Louisville is going to win the game. We think they should be about a two and a half, three point favorite. But according to the public, Robbie, what are the public numbers on LS on Louisville? So Louisville sixty six point seven percent, so two to one. Two to one, and we think it's less than that, so we're going to take Minnesota. It doesn't really matter here because we are going to have Michigan State advancing through. Um, obviously, Michigan State, we do have over Bradley. Um, so let's go back to the top of this uh, East bracket. Duke, UCF. We're going to have Duke advancing here, but this is interesting. This is very interesting. And, Rob, um, I want you to explain this because we do think there's a lot of value on UCF. We do think they have about a 26% chance to win this game. Um, and the and the the uh, the public is on what like ninety ninety four point four percent the highest. So then, w- Rob, tell tell the tell the listeners why we're not taking UCF because everything we said so far seems to indicate that look, we think there's a twenty six percent chance. The public thinks ninety six percent chance. We should zig here. Why are we not zigging? Right. So this is one of the situations where we still think Duke has a better probability to advance past UCF. Uh, like you said, it's less than what the public thinks. But at the same time, if you if you take something that's too risky and the public has it correct, you're going to put yourself in a pretty big hole. So this is one of those situations where we think that that the risk of this pick is not worth the reward in terms of taking UCF here. There you go. And uh, the next matchup, Virginia Tech, Mississippi State. Uh, we do think Virginia Tech should be a pretty clear favorite in this game. We're having Virginia Tech advance uh, to the Sweet 16. Maryland, Yale. Uh, this game we think should be about a 10-point spread here. Uh, Maryland matches up really well against Yale. This is one of those stylistic They do, matchups. they do. And Maryland can rebound the basketball. Yale likes to get you out in transition where Maryland does not. Uh, Maryland only a 25.8% um, percentage to, to advance to the Sweet 16. That's great value there. And this is really, again, our fading LSU play. There's a lot of people on LSU. The most likely team to get to the Sweet 16, if not LSU, is Maryland. Uh, so that's why we're there. Uh, Minnesota, Michigan State. This is a clear mismatch here. We're taking Michigan State, even though the public's on there as well. So uh, the last four teams in this region, we have Duke, Virginia Tech, Maryland, Michigan State. Going to the Duke-Virginia Tech matchup, we think uh, Virginia Tech has a 32% chance to advance, but the public here, what does the public say on Duke? The public on Duke is 87.6%. I, again, with Virginia Tech advancing, only 6.4% of the brackets so far. Great, awesome value on Virginia Tech. And this is where we have to zig. This is definitely where we have to zig. Again, this is for our this this ESPN tournament challenge has hundreds of thousands of brackets. Uh, you got to stand out. Some could even be millions uh, by the time this Probably. thing's over. So this is you got to take five or six shots. Again, if you're in a hundred or two hundred person bracket, you might only take one of these shots that we're going to mention throughout the tournament. But because we're in the ESPN challenge, we're going to have to take five or six shots. We're taking Virginia Tech to upset Duke in the Sweet 16 to move on to the Elite Eight. On the bottom side, we're also taking an upset. This Maryland team versus Michigan State, we think the line of this game should be two and a half points. Wow. But look, let's look at the public. Who who has – what percentage of the of brackets have Michigan State going to the lead eight versus Maryland, Robbie? Michigan State, 65%. Maryland, ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. 5.2. So that is a huge area to zag here. Huge area. You're top 100 if you have Virginia Tech playing Maryland and in the lead eight. We'll see. So we got Virginia Tech and Maryland. We do have Virginia Tech advancing past Maryland. So our first Final Four team coming from the East is Virginia Tech. Um, and they're 10-to-1 odds, by the way, which we like, as I've explained on the ESPN show. 
yesterday, there. which was a great show, by the way. Great debut by your by your boy Schwim. Oh, thanks. I, I thought that. it went very very well. I love the socks. I love the socks. <laughs> right now, if you if you go Schwimmer socks hashtag Schwimmer socks on Twitter, um, it is trending. No, it is no, it is not. That is not true <laughs> at all. Do not listen to that. All right, moving right along to the West. Bracket. One quick thing, I do think it's important to reiterate what you were saying, even even on the show yesterday, that we think Virginia Tech's more like a three seed. So it, it is a pretty tough road for Duke. So I know a lot of people are going to be uneasy about picking Duke to not make it out of this region, but their road is really tough to get out of this region. I mean, that's right. And and really, if you look at their road, let, let's do that. UCF and VCU, we think are more like six, seven seeds. Right, Virginia Tech with Robinson back, three seed, maybe even a two. two? Seed. Could have been two. Could, Could even have been be two. a two. According to if our they model, beat Florida State two seed. Rob, our, our model has him as the ninth best team in the country with Robinson. So right. that's two and, to three seed potential. So again, the committee did no favors to Duke here, really putting him in line for basically a two seed. Also, if they advance all the way to Michigan State, we have them as what are they number five team or something like that. So that's a one or two seed there. It's really, really a tough draw. Right, Duke. Michigan State would only be a one and a half point dog to Duke, so that would be kind of a to- coin flip in this case. Wow. But then you look at you look at, on the bracket challenge, Duke seventy one percent chance to to advance to the final four michigan state again 16.1 percent um that's a huge it's a huge discrepancy in percentages right there and it's unlikely and it's unfortunate for duke that they won't get to take advantage of how badly lsu is misseeded here because we don't think lsu will get that far to for duke to play them right exactly right are we ready to head to the west region everybody Let's, let's west it let's west it up all right uh, Gonzaga obviously advancing over the 16 seed, the winner of Prairie View and Fairly Dickinson. Syracuse Baylor, this is one where we actually like Syracuse minus one. We think they should be fair by a point here, but 60 something percent of the brackets 68. are on 68 percent on 68% on Syracuse. So you got to take Baylor there. Just yeah. that's an easy zig. Um, doesn't really matter. Again, we'll have Gonzaga advancing. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> Marquette Murray State. Interesting matchup. This right one is interesting because this kind of goes. Uh, a little bit against uh, what Rob was talking about earlier, but not quite because we think Murray State should be about a two-and-a-half-point dog versus the Mississippi State game was about a five-point dog. So that's where the percentages do matter on likelihood to advance. Um, but, Robbie, how many people are on Murray State? 42% on Murray State. So 42% on Murray State. We think the line's about two-and-a-half, so we think it's right in line. Um, we are going to take Murray State in this game because of what I'm about to say next, which is we have Vermont to beat Florida State. Number the 13, Catamounts? Vermont to beat Florida State. Robbie, what do we have there for the the public? on Vermont, 11.7% to advance and beat Florida State. So uh, That's a huge marker right there. And meanwhile, we think the spread in that game should be six points, meaning Rob, uh, Rubik Rob, what do we have for six and a half point favor? What's that roughly that percentage of Vermont advancing? So that would be, uh, let's see, roughly 32% chance here. Roughly 32% chance. So we think it's a 32% chance. The public thinks it's 11% chance. This is a shot we're going to take. Um, we're having um, Vermont advance past Florida State. Going down, Buffalo versus the winner of Arizona State, St. John's. Uh, we have Buffalo as a, about depending on who they play, roughly between a six and a nine-point favorite there. Robbie, what does the public say about this game? Public's all over Buffalo, 80%. 80%. We think it's about 75 80%. We're going to go with the public here. We're going to take Buffalo. Uh, Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky. This is an interesting matchup. We're going to be on Northern Kentucky with the spread. 
but Texas Tech to advance here. Um, and the spread in that game, we just think is a little bit too high. Northern Kentucky is a pretty good team. Uh, Rob, has, you have some good bullets there on Texas Tech for us? Right. I think this team's too good defensively. They're, they're second overall in just a two-point defense and six and three-point defensive efficiency. So those are typically uh, lead to less variance. Like, like the, the defense tends to... Uh, I guess, for, for lack of a better word, travel better into these games. So I, d- I don't think they're at risk for one of these early round upsets. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, moving down to Nevada, Florida. We're taking Nevada to advance past Florida here. We think Nevada should be a few point favorites. Uh, Robbie, what did the public say there? Nevada's 50.4%, so not a 50, 50, 50 and we think they're getting points. Why not take it? Let's take the high seed. Let's take Nevada. Um, advancing there. Michigan, obviously, over Montana. So going back to the top, Gonzaga, Baylor, one versus nine. Uh, we, we just love Gonzaga. I mean, our model just really loves Gonzaga. We're having them advance past Baylor. I don't think it'll be too difficult of a game. Um, the next matchup, Murray State versus Vermont. We think Vermont should be favorite in this game. We're taking Adva- Vermont to advance the Sweet 16. It's another one of our shots we're taking here, Robbie. How- 3.7%. I, I, again, that's humongous value for all our listeners back home. So keep in mind, 3.7% of brackets have Vermont in the Sweet 16, yet we think they have a 32% chance to beat Florida State and then a 50% chance, more than a 50% chance to beat Murray State, and if Marquette advances, like a 48 49% chance. So, right. I mean, this is really a time that we're going to take a shot in a big tool, tool uh, tournament bracket. Even if we're in a smaller league, we might take the shot, too. I mean, this is a pretty good shot to take. Um, so, we got Gonzaga versus Vermont in the Sweet 16. But going down, again, second round, Buffalo, Texas Tech. This line, we, we really like Texas Tech here. This is just a matchup that does not favor Buffalo at all. Uh, Buffalo should be really rooting for Northern Kentucky because they could make a run here. Um, we, we actually like the winner of this team to advance all the way to the lead eight, Elite Eight, and we think that winner is going to be Texas Tech, so we're taking the chalk there. Uh, Nevada, Michigan, uh, again, a really bad matchup for Nevada here in terms of stylistic play, so we are going to have Michigan advancing. Going to Sweet 16, Gonzaga versus Vermont. This is where Vermont's sweet. The uh, you know we're gonna hear a lot of the good story. Hopefully, I'm, I'm envisioning you know all the stories about Vermont and the Cinderella, and it's all gonna come to an end. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that happens. Uh, so we got Gonzaga advancing to the Elite Eight. Texas Tech versus Michigan. This is a really bad matchup for Michigan. We actually think Texas Tech would be favored to win this game. Wow. And Robbie, give us the public numbers on. Um, Texas Tech versus Michigan advancing to the Elite Eight. So, so Texas Tech to advance to the Elite Eight, 24.3%. 24.3%. Michigan, 56%. There you go. So Michigan's okay. at fifth. This is a great zig here. When it's bet, we think the Tech second win, even if we think they're a one or two point or even three point underdog, we would take this, right, Absolutely. Rob? You'd have to. Right, right. Yep. All right. So Gonzaga, Texas Tech, again. Our models just love Gonzaga, uh, so we had we do have Gonzaga advancing, and this is also what Rob said earlier. When you get later in the tournament, going more chalk because those points do double: one point for the first round, two points for the second round, four points for the third round, eight points for the fourth round, sixteen points for the next round, and thirty-two, and 32. for the championship. Got, yeah, so you got to have it. We're on Gonzaga there. 
And I think um, it's even worth noting here that this is one of those fortunate plays where, you know, we have the favorite, but it's also not as picked publicly as it should be. So we have it at about 58% chance that they make the final four, but the public's picking it at a much lower percent, about 15% uh, less than that. And I think a part of the reason is that, you know, people typically knock Gonzaga for their strength of schedule, uh, you know, typically point to the WCC as the reason why the West Coast Conference. But when you really look at the WCC here, it's probably not as weak as people really uh, think. So, you know, St. Mary's is literally ahead of every single Pac-12 team in, in terms of our ranking. San Francisco we have as being, you know, maybe the fourth team in the Pac-12 and San Diego and BYU would also be pretty solid teams. So when we're evaluating Gonzaga here, we're evaluating them on their adjusted metrics. So we're trying to take into consideration their strength of schedule here. So, you know, we had them as literally the number one overall team in adjusted two-point efficiency. So, you know, even despite their weak strength of schedule, when we adjust for that, they're still number one there. Absolutely. So let's uh, – we ready to move on to the south, boys? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Virginia, there will not be a repeat of UMBC, I'm hoping and praying. I, I might not be able to watch this game. It's another, it's another dog mascot, though. I got to tell this you this. I'm on a text chain with a bunch of UVA friends, <laughs> and it's all like, UVA got jobbed. We, we got Gardner-Webb, the hardest 16 seed. Ugh, I mean, it's, 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 it's Come bad. On. It's bad. It's bad, but you guys put yourself in that in that scenario. It's bad. The the PTSD is 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 strong <laughs> in Charlottesville. Um, we do have them advancing. Oklahoma, we think, will beat Mississippi State, and less than half the public uh, is on Oklahoma State there. So we do have Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State, Oklahoma advancing. Wisconsin, Oregon. This is our best bet of the first round. Uh, there's one point favorite. We think the line should be five and a half points the public actually agrees i believe robbie how many people have uh wisconsin advancing so 60.9 percent of the public have wisconsin advancing they are one of the lower five seeds in the whole pick'em that will advance to the next round out of all the fives all right so we've got wisconsin advancing kansas state uc irvine this is a pick that this is a pick that i recommend in up, everybody's boys. bracket everybody's bracket taking uc irvine against Kansas State publicly. How many people are on Kansas State, Robbie? Well, it's 18.9% on so the so 80, about 81 percent on on Kansas State. 81 percent on Kansas State. We think UC Irvine should be about a one or two point dog here with Tyler Wade out. For Dean, Wade, State. Dean Wade, Thank Dean Wade, Dean Wade. Tyler Wade, a, a New York Tyler Yankees Wade. prospect. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, he started second baseman for the Yankees. Uh, <laughs> Dean Wade is the heart and soul of their team. Uh, you know, he's walking around in a boot right now. He's gimpy. He's he's actually he's they list him as questionable. He's probably going to play less than ten minutes. And more importantly than that, UC Irvine, the matchup, the stylistic matchup in this game, is perfect for them. They they do really poorly against like running gun three point shooting teams. Like if they had to play Auburn, it'd be a disaster. But they they love playing the slow down pace half court offense game. That's where they thrive. That's what Kansas State does. Kansas State's going to be playing right into UC Irvine's strength in that one. Again, UC Irvine, in any pool that you're in, take UC Irvine versus Kansas State. It's our recommendation. Uh, next matchup, Villanova-St. Mary's. This is where the public is 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 gone pretty crazy here. 77% on Villanova just because they won last year. 77%. Well, we don't look at last year. Rulebook Rob, tell us about this game and why we're on St. Mary's. 
Right. So we think Villanova is being very overpicked here, you know, due to them winning the, the championship last year. We think that people are overvaluing that and, and it doesn't have as big of an effect uh, leading into this year's tournament. So part of the reason there is we think that Villanova is only a four point favor against St. Mary's. So we think St. Mary's has a pretty good shot to win this game. Uh, but it's also important to note that Villanova relies on the three ball very heavily. They're first in three point tens in the entire country. So that's going to lead to some pretty high variance games that could also lead to them uh, having an early exit in this year's March Madness. Very good. Moving down to Purdue, Old Dominion. We are going to have Purdue advance here, but we are going to be betting heavily or recommending betting heavily on Old Dominion. We think the line's way too big at 13 points now. Um, but, again, we do have Purdue advancing past Old Dominion. Cincinnati, Iowa. This is an interesting one with the public here. Robbie, what is the what is the public saying? So this, the public's on, on Cincinnati, rightfully so, 66.8%. This game's being played in Columbus, Ohio, so pretty much in Cincinnati's backyard. And we do have home, like where the where the games being played factored in to our model. I should actually have said that for the UC Irvine Kansas State game. That game's being played in San Jose, right? Uh, so much better for UC Irvine, obviously, than Kansas State. Getting back to Cincinnati, we think we agree with the public. Think it's roughly that percentage uh, that they do beat Iowa and advance. So we have them advancing Tennessee. We have them advancing over Colgate. So back to the top of the South. UVA versus Oklahoma. We think UVA steamrolls in this game, advances past Oklahoma. Really good matchup for them. Wisconsin versus UC Irvine. Now we're getting into another pretty good matchup for <laughs> UC Irvine, but not quite good enough. Uh, Wisconsin is just is just too strong there. We're going to be going with the public and having Wisconsin advance to play UVA in the Sweet 16. St. Mary's versus Purdue. Uh, this will be a little different if it was Purdue versus Villanova, but uh, we still have Purdue advancing past St. Mary's there. Now for us, sh another shot we're going to take here. This is a dangerous oh one. Cincinnati versus Tennessee. This is going to be a football game. I mean, these are two of the <laughs> toughest teams in the country that just attack the rim. They play physically physical defensively this is just going to be an absolute absolute slugfest uh robbie what percentage of the public and is it has uh, tennessee advancing to the sweet 16 tennessee is a big one it's 81 percent 81 percent and with we think, cincinnati being 12 percent and we and we think that that that's crazy and so what we think is that we think tennessee should be favored by three or four points in that game meaning maybe a 60 62 percent favorite to beat uh, to beat Cincinnati, very different than what the public is saying here. So this is a big zig we are taking away from the public. So we are taking Cincinnati to get past Tennessee there. Uh, south uh, top, we have got Virginia, Wisconsin. Virginia beating Wisconsin, advancing to the Elite Eight. Purdue, Cincinnati, we think Cincinnati should be favored in this game. I I. I I don't know what the numbers say. What 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 is the spread in that game in that Purdue Cincinnati game? And we I'll think you. we in that Purdue Cincinnati. We, we we don't know what the line's going to be, but we think it should be a Your foul pick them. Uh, like or, or Cincinnati favored by a half point. If that is the case, Cincinnati has a five percent chance to move on. Five and what does people have Purdue at? Purdue is right around a seventeen percent chance. And Villanova, people must have Vill that. Villanova is right around. Let me take a look. Fourteen point seven percent. Got it. And so again, everybody's so, really got Tennessee here. It's um, all Tennessee. This is, a, this is a zig. This is a zig we're taking. We're advancing Cincinnati, and then we have UVA beating Cincinnati. UVA getting to the Final Four again. Talking about once you get towards the end with the bigger points, going a little bit more chalk, uh, a little bit more chalk. So, Rob, do you have anything else to add in the South region before we move on to the Midwest? 
Yeah, I mean, kind of a similar story to the Gonzaga pick with this Virginia pick in that we we think the probability that they make the Final Four is higher than what the public's picking it at. So, you know, we're, we're get, we get to fade the public while also taking a favorite. And, you know, for this one, it's kind of like you said, it's the reason is probably that people are, are thinking back to that upset of last year, which is just a very small, you know, it's a one-game sample. Like, you can't use that uh, to make your picks this year. You need to do your best to try to put that subjective subjectivity out of your head when you're trying to make these picks this year. All right. Uh, let's go to the Midwest now. We've got North Carolina versus Iona, track meet style. North Carolina wins that one pretty easily. Utah State, Washington. This is a this is a pretty big bet here. Utah State's two and a half point favorite. We think again ends in about five and a half points. Um, but yet the public is what's the public? 50-50. You got to take Utah State here. This yeah. is like a must. Utah State pick. Uh, Auburn, New Mexico State. We like Auburn to advance. Could be you – know, this is another one of those where we might be taking New Mexico State with the points here, but Auburn to advance. Kansas gets to play at home, essentially, in the state of Kansas yep. City. Um, in the city of Kansas City. So we have Kansas advancing past Northeastern. Iowa, Ohio State, you know, we're, we're, we've been heavy on Iowa State all year long. We think they uh, – we think they destroy Ohio State. What are the Rob? What are the public uh, probabilities on Ohio State advancing? Seventy-one point two percent of Ohio, Iowa State advancing. So we think that's we think that's right, right on the money. The um, Houston, Georgia State. We're not high on Houston, but this is such a great matchup for them, uh, stylistically speaking. So we do think the public is right with Houston advancing there. Wofford, Seton Hall. What is the public on Wofford? Fifty-three point four percent, and we think they are three, three and a half point favorite there. We think the line's just about right, so why not take the? This is the same thing we had in Nevada earlier. Why sure. not take the better seed to get the points when the public is uh, too much towards the the upset there? So we have Wofford advancing and Kentucky advancing past Abilene Christian. Back to the top of the Midwest: North Carolina, Utah State. A great matchup for North Carolina here. Uh, we think they advance pretty easily over Utah State. Auburn, Kansas. This is going to be a tough one because it is being played in Lawrence. We do have that factored in, but we also think stylistically Auburn is is perfectly built to beat Kansas with their running gun, three-point shooting attack, and their steals. Kansas, tough time uh, taking care of the ball there. So we do have Auburn getting past Kansas. Um Rob, what are the what are the probability? Robbie, what are the probabilities of Auburn getting past Auburn's forty three percent, and Kansas and Kansas is, is around forty eight. Kansas around forty eight, so it's about fifty fifty. We we're going with the model. We like Auburn there. Iowa State, Houston. This is where you know we're really going with Iowa State to beat Houston here. We think they should be right around a pick 'em. What is the public saying? The Rob? public says. 29% of Iowa State to advance. But Houston, I mean, this team, 59%? I mean, that's just way too high. Wow. Way too high. Who would, um, yeah, exactly. I, I, I would go, a, I, I think Iowa this State. This isn't even that big of a shot. This no. is this is, this is is a shot that we think is is, is, a, is a more of a safer shot than the other. It's certainly safer than the Cincinnati over Tennessee. <laughs> right, um, right. So we have that. Then we have this Wofford-Kentucky matchup. Now, this is very, very interesting. Uh, Rob, what does the public number say? They've got Kentucky, 84% chance to advance. Wofford, I mean, I can't even find them. They're, they're, they're down at the bottom. And that's crazy to me just because. So And, and we think Wofford's got about a 8.6%. Almost a 30% chance to win this game. 8.6%. So, again, but numbers. But. Okay. But, Rob, so we please tell the listeners why we're taking Kentucky, even though the public is about 81%. Which seems low to me. I think they'd be more on them. And then Wofford, we think, has about a twenty to thirty percent chance to win this game. Why are we still taking Kentucky to advance? 
Right, so this is pretty similar to the Duke argument that we had earlier with the Duke UCF and Duke Virginia Tech type argument where, you know, the the risk here is probably not worth the reward because the public is so heavily on Kentucky and we still think Kentucky's got a good shot to get to that round. Uh, but it might be a good opportunity to fade Kentucky like sort of in the long run, which, as you'll see in a minute, is, is exactly what we do. Ooh, a little foreshadowing. I, I love like it. I like that. All right, to the top, North Carolina-Auburn. Rob, I don't know what our models are going to say in this game in terms of the over-under, but if it's 200, I think we take the over. I mean, these two teams just sprint up and down the court and just shoot, shoot, shoot. Seizure alert. I, it, it, it's going to be awesome. Um, I, but, but we do think North Carolina handles them. It's hard, it's hard to run with North Carolina. It's just too hard. Um, Auburn's going to try. Bruce Pearl's going to try. We think North Carolina at the end of the day comes out on top. They're a little deeper of a team, maybe more fresh legs. Iowa State, Kentucky – this is very interesting. Our model, believe it or not, and I double-checked this, our model thinks Iowa State should be a tiny favorite against Kentucky. And if they are, it's 8.6% chance for them to advance. Versus what did Kentucky have? 63.4. So this is another – this is this is a huge Stop gap. It. Huge a gap. Huge discrepancy. We will be zigging. We are going to take Iowa State to advance past Kentucky, leaving a UNC-Iowa State Midwest matchup. So sticking with what Rob said earlier on in the show, where you got to want to get more conservative to the end, we do have UNC advancing to the Final Four. Before we get to the Final Four picks, Rob, do you have anything you want to add in the Midwest? Right. So this, I think it's important to note that this UNC pick is actually really strong here because we have them as at least a 7.5-point favor against every team that they could play before the Elite Eight. So essentially what we have here is, is a really strong Final Four pick because you you need to have teams that aren't going to get upset early to, to get to the Final Four, and this UNC pick uh, really fits the bill there. And we're also kind of getting, like you've mentioned, kind of a little bit more stabilizing out as we get to that Final uh, Four picks. All right, so that our final four, we have uh, our matchup, Virginia Tech versus Gonzaga and UVA versus UNC. Um, we do have Gonzaga advancing past Virginia Tech. Again, our models have just loved Gonzaga from the start. UVA versus UNC is a very interesting matchup here. What is the public like, Robbie, and who, who advance, what are the chances that UNC plays in the final game? What are the chances UVA plays in the final game, according to the public? The public's 35.9% on UNC, only – 21.1% on UVA. And we think UVA should be favored in that game. Take UVA. And, and they've been beating North Carolina for quite some time now. I Going mean, back to all the style, podcasts, this, this is this is just aligning perfectly with what you've been saying all season long. And not to mention, UVA has been one of the best teams against the spread, covering at a 70% clip all season long. And so we've got Gonzaga-UVA final. And now to win the tournament, Robbie, what are the public projections on to win the tournament, Gonzaga versus UVA? Gonzaga, 8.2%. UVA, 7.2. So it's really close. We have the line if that game were to be played at UVA minus 1.7. So you get a you get an extra point, plus you get a few percentage points odds on the public. We've got UVA winning it all, um, and that's our, that's our pick. I do think, now going back to brackets, sort of general theory, really fade Kentucky, fade LSU, strong on Gonzaga, strong on UVA, Strong on UNC. Um, those, and Virginia Tech. Well, no, that's, I, I, you don't have to do If you're in a smaller pool, you can have Duke advancing. Okay. If, you have, if you're in a smaller pool, you want to be tighter. I've got no problems with that. But in general, um, those, those are kind of the overarching themes. Rob, did you want to add to any of those themes? 
Uh, I think it's just worth reiterating how badly this LSU team is seeded. Like t- having them going to the Final Four or Elite Eight is is really, really asking a lot out of that seed. There you go. And again, uh, strategically, you got to know how many people in your pool. You got to know the payout structure. Because if you're in a 500-person pool, but the top 200 get paid somehow, that's a different strategy than the top three get paid, right, So, which right. is most are. You got to know the point system. You got to really know if there's upset advantages. If like a 10 versus 7, you get an extra point. There's some pools like that. Then that changes everything as well. Um, again, everything we've talked about is tournament challenge for basically what we're expecting to be a million brackets. So we took all of those chances. I think there were six big chances we took going back. Uh, we have the Maryland chance we took. Cincinnati, Cincinnati was big. Vermont, Iowa State, Vermont, um, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech over Duke losing, and then and then fa- and Iowa State anti Kentucky, yeah, anti Kentucky. So here. I would say if you're in a smaller pool, pick one of the one or two of those six and go with it, and that that's really our strategy. And that's, let's see, how, let's yeah, that was that was that was breaking it down. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Rob, Rulebook Rob. I mean the the people, the public love Rulebook Rob. By the way, um, so I think we need to bring him back more on this show, especially gearing up towards Final Four. But um, I'm interested to see how Jambos does against the the million people in in the uh, ESPN Challenge. This is the, the longest podcast I think we've had is eight minutes up to this point. <sighs> this I, need, is... I need a defibrillator. <laughs> My heart's killing me. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it. Rob, Rulebook Rob, thanks for coming on. For uh, Rulebook Rob, Mr. Robbie Castro, I'm Michael Schwimmer. Thank you guys for listening. You can see all our picks at jambospicks.com throughout the tournament. Um, good luck, unless you're betting against Jambos. Jambos.